It is easy to think that this country is moving backwards rather than forwards. The Charlottesville protests saw Nazi and KKK symbolism marching down our streets, riots in Ferguson and Baltimore, and violence being rationalized by some on TV. It is easy to feel like you're drowning in all the hatred and vitriol. It seems constant and ever-present. But for one man, the solution is simple. Sit down and speak with your opponents. Listen and show respect towards them, and then ask them the simple question, how can you hate me when you don't even know me? Hello, and welcome to How Is This Not a Movie Yet, the podcast that looks at history and finds stories that would make really cool movies. I'm Tom Courtney. And I'm Alex Courtney. And today we're going to be talking about Daryl Davis. And uh, Daryl Davis is who I like to call the KKK whisperer or the the racist whisperer. (laughs) The racist whisperer. Uh, He is a activist who has found a strange and I think wonderful way to de-radicalize and help people through their hatred. Uh, And he speaks openly with KKK members, uh, members of the National Socialist Movement, the Nazis. Uh, And he helps them understand that their hatred isn't founded in reality. He helps break their bubble, if you will. And uh, Alex, let me set a scene for you. Sure. Uh, Daryl Davis, in 1983, travels to Mississippi and uh, is playing piano for a band. He's the only African-American in this bar. And after his set, he's walking off and he's approached by a a man from the crowd. And the man says... I didn't know a black man could play as well as Jerry Lee Lewis. And Daryl Davis looks at him and says, well, how do you think Jerry Lee Lewis learned how to play? And the two of them sat down and had a conversation. And during the this conversation, as they find that they get they have a lot in common, they like the same kinds of music, the man starts getting a little more quiet and a little more quiet. And the man's friend nudges him and says, oh, you should tell this guy your secret. And Daryl's like, yeah, what's what's up? And uh, the the man says, I'm I'm a card carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, but uh, at the end of the night, the man gives him his number and says, if you're ever in the area, please give me a call. I would love to to watch you again. I'd love to see you again. The first time a man like that had ever seen someone who is in white play music and and uh, talk to him and and see that. They're not that different. Right. He was confronted with something that wasn't in his normal reality. Daryl Davis, years later, starts writing a book about his experiences with race in the South. And he contacts this man and he says, hey, I'm, I'm writing this book. And the man puts him in contact with the Grand Dragon, which is the the head of the state of the Ku Klux Klan in, in the state. So, like, the, you have a uh, the head of, of a person in the state, a gr- grand dragon. Grand dragon. And uh, Daryl starts talking to this man, uh, Roger Kelly. And years after he is talking to him and knows him, Kelly tells him that he's leaving the Klan. And he gives Daryl his robe. How he did this, he, he kind of chipped away at. Kelly's idea of what human beings are, how Daryl described it. He said, sometimes I would invite some of my Jewish friends, some of my black friends, some of my white friends just to engage Mr. Kelly in conversation. 
I didn't want him to think I was some exception. I wanted him to talk to other people. Kelly eventually left the KKK and brought 12 people with him. He, once he started seeing and coming over, he, he met uh, Daryl's wife and they started having dinner together. And, you know, after a while, your mindset just changes and then that's it. Yeah, that's, it shows that when you're stuck in a bubble, this this certain way of thinking, you you don't seem to change your mind. Uh, let's let's take you back to when Daryl was was young, uh, and an incident that happened to him when he was only ten years old. He was born in 1958 in Chicago, but his father was a member of the uh, State Department, and so Daryl traveled all over the world in his first ten years. And when he came back. Something happened to him. What happened to him, Alex? Since being a boy, he had never ever run into racism because he went to school with people from all over the world. So once he got back to Massachusetts, he went to a school in Boston where he was one of two African-American children in, in the entire school. And he made a couple of friends and they invited him to be a part of the Cub Scouts. So he goes and becomes a Cub Scout, and one day there was a big parade, and they gave him the American flag to carry, and, and they were marching up the street. At 10 years old, people started throwing rocks and bottles at him, and he had no idea why. He, he just didn't get it. He, he figured people didn't like the Cub Scouts. Right. And then his den leader and, and den mother, they all come running out to help him and to like uh, protect him. protect him, move him across, move him along the streets, and they wouldn't tell him what the situation was because, well, it really wasn't the time and place at that moment. You know, bottles are being thrown. <laughs> so once Daryl gets home and tells his father what had happened, he finally broke down and told his son why those people did it, and he still he just didn't understand. What was what was the situation? What they don't know me. Why don't they like me? So, Daryl has this. Uh, I was watching an interview with him, and he has this notion that if you sit down and you speak with people who agree with you, you're actually not making any change. Uh, Alex, you and I might agree on something, and if we talk about it ad nauseum, we're only speaking inside our own bubble. What he wanted, what his goal is, is to break bubbles. And that's why he invites Ku Klux Klan members to his dinner table. And he speaks with them. He was talking about one uh, occasion when he's speaking with a Ku Klux Klan member as they're, they're driving somewhere. And the Klan member said that crime is a gene inherent. Violence is inherent in black people. He says, look at all the crime that's happening in the inner city. And Daryl's like, that's not, that doesn't make any sense. And as he's thinking about it, he's like, no, that's that's demographic. That's because of, of the people who live there. Of course, it's going to be black crime in a city where, the, where it's predominantly African-American. And Daryl asks him, can you name a black serial killer? And the man couldn't, not off the top of his head. And Daryl started naming white serial killers. And he said, is that in white people's genes to be serial killers? Of course not. 
it's it's not inherent in anyone's genes to be violent or to uh, in any in any race if you want to say that now again uh we're we're talking about race when it comes to skin color or demographics but i mean everybody forgets we're all human uh, it, it drives me insane absolutely uh, and i and i know that we have to talk about this especially because of recent events that we need to have these conversations. We need to speak about this because ignoring it is not going to make it go away. And hate is persistent and hate comes from fear. I was reading this article by a uh, a man named uh, uh, Jason Pargin, but he writes as David Wong. And uh, he was talking about hate and where it comes from. And it comes from fear, fear of the unknown. And I thought that it was a very eloquent way. And the only way that you are able to take away that fear is to introduce them to uh, people outside their bubble and educate them. So Daryl, after a while, he he had been meeting some clans members and trying to change their minds in Maryland. And he was able to take out, well, he was able to change the minds of uh, such high-leveled characters like uh, Roger Kelly, Robert White, and Chester Doles. They left the Klan, and because that they were such high-ranking members, that Maryland branch died out, and that was a major victory. And once they started leaving, they started giving them the giving him the robes that they used to wear. And now he has an entire garage filled. It's actually kind of there. We just watched the documentary Accidental Courtesy. And there's a scene where the, the garage opens and there are just racks of uh, Ku Klux Klan robes of all different colors and, and ranks and, and, le- and membership. And it's remarkable how well this process is of, of Daryl just sitting and speaking with these these uh, members and changing their minds or at least getting them out of the clan and getting them away from a mentality where race is a reason for hate. Uh, there's a, a great story about him meeting a a family uh, where the the daughters of this of these KKK members were raised in the idea that, race matters and and that they were going to be KKK members when they grew up. And uh, they were on a talk show together. They were on Geraldo together. And years later, the father went to prison and Daryl called the mother and offered to bring them to see their father in in prison, her husband and the daughter's father's father. And she she said yes, and because of that, she she saw the kindness that he was offering her that the the clan did not offer. They did not offer to bring them up. They were they were impoverished. They were not going to be able to afford to go up and see him in prison. And he helped them, and that brought them out of the clan as well. They were speaking uh, publicly about uh, against the 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 clan afterwards. Yeah, it's I, I just think it's a remarkable strategy, and and it shows what peaceful protest can do. Last week we did a, a show on another peaceful protester and that was before the the events in Charlottesville. And we wanted to continue this because we saw this violence and, and we thought about what Father Berrigan would have thought and we want to 
have peaceful protests because if you're violent, people stop listening to you. If if Daryl sat down at this table and started yelling at the clan members, they would walk away. But because he spoke with them, because he found the things that he was he had in common with them, they decided they wanted to be his friend and they saw his point of view eventually. He he has a quote that I really liked that I wanted to put out here. He said a lesson learned is ignorance breeds fear. If you don't keep that fear in check, that fear will breed hate. If you don't keep that hatred in check, it will breed destruction. I, I found that it was remarkable. I, everyone, I, I implore you to watch Accidental Courtesy. Uh, it's on Netflix. Alex, how do we turn his life into a movie? Well, how I wanted to do it is I, I wanted to start out strong with the Cub Scout parade. I wanted you to see his first bout of racism and the first time he had ever incurred in his life. Then I wanted to go into the bar scene where he kind of gets the idea of maybe I could change people's minds by just simply talking to them and not starting fights. And then I want to move into him dismantling that chapter of the KKK into Maryland. I think that that would be, yeah, that would be act two and three of the movie, definitely, is that you you see his tactics working and you see his mind coming up with how to change the minds of the, of the clan and becoming their friends and eventually that leads to them leaving the clan. Robert Kelly and his conversations would be major parts in this movie. And the climax would come when Kelly hands him his Imperial Wizard or Grand Wizard robes. And that would be that would be the climax of him changing his mind. Uh, not and not all these conversations go well. There's violence as well. That he has been attacked several times by Ku Klux Klan members that he tr- that he tried to have nice conversations with. Uh, but most of the time, he said that they have cordial conversations. He's been invited to cross burnings. He has been invited to <laughs> KKK uh, meetings. I'm uh, and it's it's ridiculous, especially when you see the uh, the videos of what people are saying about about him, and they're. You you hear their their ignorance, but you also hear that they're they're saying like you can hear it in their voices that they're surprised by their themselves and how much how little hate they have towards this man. As I said in the beginning, and, and as he said, he asked him the question, "How can you hate me when you don't even know me?" Really, as you watch this, you can see it's it's baby steps. Oh, uh, and it uh, doesn't happen all at once. Now, the the director that we were thinking about that would take this would be Tony K. I, I really liked, because I wanted this, it's such a serious subject, I wanted it as an American History X style movie of uh, powerful and just showing what it is. It's, it's almost like that type of plot of the uh, ideas of a man changing over the course of time. And I think Tony Kay did a very good job with that. I think that uh, you also mentioned before that Edward Norton's character could reprise his role, even though he's a fictional <laughs> character. But still, it's it. I think that Edward Norton would be awesome in this movie anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it would be a a powerful movie. Uh, it would probably come out during the awards season. 
to play Daryl Davis, we were thinking about Craig Robinson from yeah. the from the Office and from Hot Tub Time Machine. But really, his role in Mr. Robot, you, you could see that he ha- has an extraordinary talent when it comes to acting. Yeah, he is a very good actor. And also, I thought for this role, um, just because he's so good in everything he does, Will Smith. I think he could take, well, I think he can take any role and make it great, but I think he would take this and be very, very good. Uh, we were also thinking about the man in the bar would be David Cockner from Anchorman. Uh, I just think that because that, it's such a surreal moment and it would be kind of a, uh, this humorous meeting that is that has serious implications. And I think that uh, David Cockner would be a really good role for that. I think uh, in the beginning, it really has to hit home with the uh, his father giving him his speech about why they were attacking him and what racism is. And I think uh, Daniel Glover would be good at that. You know who could also be really good at that is uh, Denzel Washington. Yes. Yeah, yes. He, he could. He, I just he, I just thought of that. Was, absolutely. I was just thinking about him in Fences. Uh, Robert Kelly, who's would be the main clan member that's focused on in this movie. Uh, we were thinking Michael Rooker from uh, Walking Dead. Not to typecast Michael Rooker, but really, he'd be he'd be really good though. He'd be yeah. really good in this role. Yeah. And yeah. also, he has a happy ending. He doesn't he doesn't have to die or or get into arguments with Sylvester Stallone on a mountainside. You know, he's ah <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> He would. I totally forgot about him being in Cliffhanger. It's a great movie. And he was so upset at Sylvester Stallone, but it was clearly the fault of the, the faulty equipment. What did Sylvester Stallone have to do with it? Why was he? You shouldn't have gone out in the rope. What, so she fell on her own without Sylvester Stallone there? Okay, okay. Your best option was to have... Back. Let's let's steer this back towards the story now. So, everyone, that's the podcast for the week. We'd like to express our condolences for the victims in Charlottesville. And uh, we implore people peaceful protests. And we hope that everyone stays safe and uh, we we can beat this. And if Daryl Davis has taught us anything, it's conversation and it's peaceful protests that will move us forward in this situation. So everyone, uh, if uh, you have any comments, suggestions, uh, criticisms, you could write me at how not a movie at yahoo.com or you could tweet me at how not a movie one, the number one. Uh, I mean, we're at 41 followers. So, well, let's call it 40. I'm one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's all right, all right fine. We're, we're 40 followers. No, no bragging. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, enjoy yourselves. Uh, and everyone stay safe.